Well, welcome back. It's uh, Sunday morning again on Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. If you're new to our broadcast, we are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry. One part of Pastor Davenport Ministries is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing beacon of light, a non-denominational ministry serving the Lord Jesus Christ, both from Gospel of Faith Church in Ash Fork, Arizona, as well as from the worldwide broadcast studio here in Fort Mojave, Arizona. We're now broadcasting to some 18 uh, countries around the world. Uh, So wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice, may I please welcome you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Pastor Davenport. I want to thank you for tuning in to uh, today's broadcast where twice every week I'll be presenting an exciting new message from God's Word, exploring the true meaning of spiritual awareness for today's churches and how it affects us as Christians in today's world. You see, I believe that God has has a spiritual awakening for all of us as Christians and for those in in the world's churches. There are many things that are happening around the world today, many things, and some of them are not so good. I'd like you to bow your heads wherever you are in the sound of my voice around the world. We need to begin by praying for those that are behind enemy lines in Afghanistan, those that that have been left behind. For, the, for those that are our allies that, that helped us as Americans, those that were our interpreters, those that did filing, those that were uh, helping in, in the offices that we had in the embassy, those that, that just were uh, friendly to us, and especially those that were converted over to Christianity. Jesus loves them. They were converted to Christianity, and now the Taliban is knocking on the doors of every person there in Kabul, knocking on the doors and saying, "If are there any Christians here? And they're giving them up because they don't want to die for hiding them. If they find a Bible in the homes that they knock on the door, they literally slaughter every family member that is in that home. They have come against God. They will perish for what they're doing. We have left them behind. Now, as a pastor, I'll tell you, I was in the army. And the very first thing that we were taught was we leave no one behind. We leave no one behind. However this happened, whoever gave the command to pull the troops out in the middle of the night, leaving even our own Americans to fend for themselves, this should be an act of treason. That we would we would pull out our troops in the middle of the night, leaving even our own American Uh, people at the embassy to be in harm's way. 
My prayer partners, we need to pray for these people, these American citizens. We need to pray for the nations of this world, for truly peace is gone amok. Let's bow our heads together and come in, in agreement, in one accord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring before you the nations, the continents of this world and their leaders. Father, you say in your word that you, you reprove leaders for our sake so that, that we may live in a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We pray that skillful and, and godly wisdom would enter into the heart of all leaders of all nations around this world. Leaders, and that knowledge is, is pleasant to them. That discretion would watch over them. And that understanding keeps them in, and delivers them from the ways of evil and from that of evil men. We pray that the upright shall dwell in the governments of the world. That men and women of, the, of integrity, blameless and complete in your sight, Father, shall remain. But that the wicked shall be cut off and the treacherous shall be rooted out. We pray that those in the authority, when now the wicked from among the good and, and bring the threshing wheel over them to separate the shaft from the grain. For loving kindness and mercy, truth and faithfulness preserve those in authority and their offices be upheld by the people's loyalty. Father, we confess and we believe that the decisions made by the leaders are, are, are divinely directed by you, O oh Father. And their mouths should not transgress in judgment. I pray, therefore, that, that the leaders are, are men and women of discernment, understanding, and knowledge. So the stability of all nations will long continue in this world. We pray that the uncompromisingly righteous be in authority in all this earth so that they, the people, can rejoice in you, our Heavenly Father. Father, it is an abomination for leaders to commit wickedness. And we pray that their offices be established and made secure by righteousness and that right and just lips are a delight to those in authority and that they love those who speak what is right. And I pray for those who have been left behind, those who trusted us, those who depended on us for their safety, those who depended on the promises that were made that they would be brought out to safety 
Father, let America keep her word and give them safe passage. Let America stand up for her words and bring them safely to this country. In Jesus' name, I pray. Keep their, their children safe. Amen. And amen. What's happened to America? You know, in the days of old, our government would go and they would pray before they made decisions. As in the days of old, our leaders would pray. In Acts 16, 6 and 4, now when they had gone throughout Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mesia, they assayed to go into uh, Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. You see, they talked to the Holy Spirit. And they passed, they and they passing by Mesia came down to Troas. These leaders were spirit-led. Someone might have said, we could build a great church in Asia, but the spirit said no, so they didn't go. So then they came to Mesia, and again the spirit said, just would not let them go, so they didn't go. So then they went to Troas. So far they have no direction for their lives or their ministries. They try to go one way, and the spirit said no, then they tried to go another way, and again the Spirit said no. So they're searching. Why cannot our, 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 our leaders lead by the Spirit, by prayer? I mean, we have a prime example in today's world with what we're going through right now. We're going through chaos because our leaders didn't take the time to seek spiritual direction from God. They just went in, told our troops, pull our troops out. Our troops left, leaving Americans there in the embassy to fend for themselves. They did not take time to seek spiritual guidance before they acted. So they're searching. They're trying to find some place to share the gospel these people. I mean, have you have you ever been there? Tried this, no. Tried that, no. Went there, no. Went went there, no. Did this, no. Did that, no. I mean, that's how our government is being run right now. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like maybe you weren't really doing the right thing at the right time? I have. Someone said, well, this, this ministry is not going to grow here at this church because, because of Pastor Davenport and the gossip that goes around about, about him. You know what? Let's face fact. It's not, the, it's not that. It's the people that are, that the evil people that are spreading 
uh, gossip. I'm going to tell you what. I can say this. Thank God for the no's in this, in, in this ministry. They taught me some things. They helped me understand some things. They showed me what loving people and winning souls are really all about. You see, we've been in chaos for a long time. We've had COVID-19. You know, and I really, I, I really, I really think that, you know, we have one thing of chaos and then another. I mean, really think about it. I want you to think about this for just a minute. What is chaos? Hopelessness. To be hopeless. Death, ruin, disaster. But then God's voice thunders. And his voice supersedes the voice of hopelessness in our lives. It supersedes the impossibilities and the desperation of our world. In Revelation 1.8, he said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. We said first it was the COVID-19, this, this pandemic, this plague. Oh, my God, the sky is falling. We're all going to die of this plague. But he said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. And Jesus declared his revelation to the Apostle John that he is the beginning and he is the end. No matter what chaos is going on in our world, he is still God and he is still in control. Nobody likes the beginning because the beginning represents in our world chaos. Omega never represents the end, completion of something. In fact, that's the miracle. We don't like the trouble we have in our lives, but we love it be when the miracle shows up. That was the vaccine. Oh my goodness, we got vaccines. We can come out of hiding. We can come out of the lockdown. So we understand. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He is there with us in our alpha or our chaos and he can take you to to your omega or your miracle in, in in our lives see you can't have the ending of something unless you first have a beginning miracles come out of chaos my friends and now we've gone from from the 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 chaos of uh, of covid to the chaos of Afghanistan. From one to the other. If everything in life were hunky-dory or normal, we wouldn't need God, would we? That would be heaven. But we are now in heaven. We're not in heaven yet, are we? So we understand that we are living in a fallen world that needs God. There's chaos here. There's chaos here. 
And as long as there is chaos here, we need God's help. And we need to remind our government, you were built on God. Our country was founded on God. I love the way our politicians, when they campaign, that they campaign on the fact that they are Christians. And yet, when they make decisions, they're based not on God, but on chaos. Forgive me, I had to turn on the air conditioner, it's hot. <laughs> That's it. Chaos is not some punishment that has been handed down to us. It's our alpha. It's our place where you are needing to trust God for your omega or your miracle. No matter how impossible it may seem, God is always going to bring something out of the chaos of our lives if you just fall back on God. Ezekiel 37 and 1. Would you turn your Bibles there? Ezekiel 37 and 1. Ezekiel 37 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which is full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto the bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Listen to me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in this country, I'm talking about America now. I'm talking to you in America today. There are many dried bones in this country. First, we had the lockdown. Yeah. Our churches were closed. They put chains around the front doors of the house of God. They wrapped chains around the front doors of the house of Almighty God. And they put signs out that said we were closed. How do you close the house of God? And those saints of God dried up. Many because they could not hear the word of God. Many because they didn't, they didn't want to hear streaming. They wanted to see a live pastor in the church, in the house of God. And again, he said unto me, prophesize upon these bones and say unto them, O dry bones, Hear the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, 
I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. It's time that God breathed life back into those dry bones. And I will lay sinew upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath into you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I, as I prophesied, there was a noise. A noise. I'm telling you right now, God is prophesying to you. We need to raise a noise. Christians are across this world. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. <coughs> then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came unto them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. It looked like the wind was there to destroy what God was trying to do, but it breathed life into the death that was in the valley. You thought the chaos was there to destroy you. It was there to give you life. What a time. What a time we've all been through, right? These last couple of months or, or this last 12 months have been a tough time. You know, we, we don't understand the value of being in church until they, you see on TV what's going on in Afghanistan today. Let me just say this to you. I feel like I, I just need to say this to you. You're beginning to see it in Afghanistan this week on television where they actively, actively are going door to door looking for Christians, dragging them out and killing them. When they go door to door, they, they go inside the house and if they find a Bible, or anything, uh, 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 any, any kind of a Christian literature, they will drag out that entire family that's in that house, or anyone that's hiding a Christian, and they will destroy that entire family. They will, they will literally kill off that entire family. I've been to other countries where they would cut off your head for being in, 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 in this room together, worshiping Christ. And right now in Afghanistan, if you walked out of this building with this Bible in your hand, they will take your life. As Americans, we can walk right down the middle of Lewis Avenue, stand in front of our, our post office like this all day long, and there isn't anybody going to bother you. They might think you're a little off. Of course, they think that about this church anyway. But they're not going to take your life. 
but I'm beginning to question how long, Lord, how long before we turn into the into a country in America where we will be persecuted for being Christians. I just want to say to you as Americans, we have certain liberties that not everybody in this world has. There are churches all around the world and other places in this world that are being burnt down. Their pastors are being taken out and, and put into prison and tortured. Their saints are being beaten in the streets. Persecution is happening in this world right now. And we just got a little taste of it this week on television. And that could look like these, uh, these last few days. I don't like what uh, just took place in Afghanistan. I don't like the decisions that were made. I don't like how it has been handled from the very top of our generals to our, our senators to every lawmaker. I'm not, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I don't like how it was handled. Pulling our troops out in the middle of the night. First, in, in, instead of pulling our civilians and those how, how assisted us as first, then pulling our troops out last. I mean, I don't understand that. Our civilians and those who assisted us should have been pulled out first, then our troops last. I will say that I believe that the, it, it was a, a wonderful opportunity and a wake-up call for you and I to realize the value of being in the house of God and what it means for you and I as church members. And I haven't even begun to, to touch on COVID-19 yet and how that has been mishandled from the beginning. As a pastor, I've handled phone calls these last 12 months, people talking about committing suicide, people dealing with anxiety, marriage falling apart, people struggling in their walk with God, trouble with their teenagers, trouble on their jobs or no jobs. I'm telling you, in the last 12 months as a pastor, I've dealt with more stuff than I've dealt with in the last seven years. <laughs> Believe me. For the last couple of months, we've been told, you know, from the top down. And it's all been backwards. Get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. This is good for you, that's not good for you. I mean, the doctors don't know what's good and bad that they put on television. It created anxiety for me to, to not be able to, to be, you know, uh, here all the time. I'd love to be here three, four days a week. <coughs> Just coming here and trying to, to preach a message that is going to reach somebody's heart and somebody's life. It's so much easier for me to preach, you know, here to try to save a marriage. To see you at the altar of God and see things happening here. I can see your face and, and I can see God speaking to your heart about what's going on in people's lives. And I can minister to that. Even as a preacher, even as a pastor, even as a, as a man of God. It has created anxiety in my mind and in my life. And it just, it, it just feels good to be here 
with you this morning. It really does. Somebody said to me this morning, we just needed some fellowship. I'm glad you're here to fellowship with God's people. I love you and I, and I appreciate you all being here today. And we're looking forward to others as they make their way back to the house of God. And, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen. I just want to say to everybody that might, you know, that, 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 that are, is out there, just go out there and, and tell someone else, you know, we're here. They're talking about maybe closing things down again. This church will not close. I, I, you've got my word on that. This church will not close. You know, and, and and I don't understand why they feel like a church should close when this church is what people draw strength from. Every church. Listen, if you're somebody from from you know from our community, you know, uh, they need that strength. You know, go to your neighbor, tell them there's strength in the house of God. I mean, I don't want to get all preachy about getting back to in, in church and, and and getting to the altar of God, but I'd better not, uh, you know, I, I need to get it to where we can pray together. Lord Jesus, all this stuff that's going on in our world, Lord, it's, it's not just affecting us here locally. It's not just affecting the state of, of Arizona or even the United States alone. Lord, it's this thing is is all over the world right now. It just seems like the world is tipped upside down. Other countries are looking at America and saying, America's lost. It just seems like the governments don't know what to do. These people have uh, that ha we have put our trust in to watch for our health and our welfare. The, the World Health Organization has betrayed us. And now we've betrayed them. People are looking at us as though we've let them down. It just seems like the people we've been trusting to watch for us haven't been there for us. And as a result, Lord, we're seeing this thing that has wrapped itself and placed its tentacles into every home, into every palace, into every place of government, in every nation, in every, around the world. God, things just don't seem like they're supposed to be. And I believe because around the world, they've let go of you. As a matter of fact, it seems like chaos in the world that could describe what is going on in our world today. Lord Jesus, I want to speak to that today. Forgive me while I take a drink. I want to speak to that, Lord. And I want to I want to show these hearts that, that are here in church today that, that these that would tune in to the broadcast, that chaos, as a matter of fact, is a place where you, you do your greatest work. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, God in chaos. Look at this with me in the book of Isaiah, chapter 45 and verse 18. For the, for the Lord is God, and he created the heavens and the earth, and he put everything in place. He made the world 
to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. Now I'm, I'm looking at the New Living Bible. He made the world to be lived in and not to be a place of empty chaos. I, I just want to say as God's representative to you this morning that, that it is not God's will for chaos to reign in our world that we live in. We might look over at, at, at other nations and say, well, you know, they've been, they've been our enemies for years. So it doesn't bother us one bit that they might be experiencing some kind of chaos over there in Afghanistan. I want you to know that it is not God's will for chaos to rule and reign anywhere in the world. Not in a nation, not in a home, not in a place of work, not in the minds here today. The definition of chaos simply means complete disorder and confusion. It happens when everything that you think is supposed to be a certain way doesn't turn out that way. In fact, it's quite the opposite of what you would have expected. It was a marriage that started out with two teenagers in love, but now all of a sudden it's chaos. It's that little child that was that bubbly, giggly, beautiful little child, but now they're that teenager that has got some things going on in their, in, in their life that is working to destroy their life. Mom and dad are looking at it and, and they're seeing chaos. It's that financially has specific needs and in, in areas of resources that they need to be blessed. But when they open up their checkbook or when they open up the, the ledgers or, or they open up the program on the internet and they're, they're using to handle their finances, they see chaos. Chaos in our world and chaos in our lives. Another word for chaos is bedlam. It's anarchy, disorder. It's pandemonium. It's madness. It's turmoil. Not to be politically political again, but <clears throat> much of what's going on in the world these last several evenings with, the, uh, with what's going on in, in Afghanistan, in many states uh, around the country, over the death, of, you know, is... What's going on is our fault. It's anarchy. It's madness. It's bedlam. It's crazy stuff that, that should never happened. It does not re represent the cause, you know, that we're doing in Afghanistan. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's destroying us. Maybe I don't understand how to govern a country. I don't understand the generals and how they, they conduct the military, but it seems like madness to me, folks. We're living in a time period right now that, that is unprecedented. I, I've, I've been on this planet for 72 years and I, I've, I've seen some things. I've lived through Vietnam, Watergate. I've lived through a lot of presidential problems and I lived through President Clinton and and, <coughs> excuse me, all that. But I never, even through the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War, the towers falling, I never, never 
thought I would live to see what I'm seeing in Afghanistan right now. I opened up my phone and I cuz I cuz I normally read the the news on my phone. And I never saw that thought I would see what I saw. When I saw that our troops snuck out of a country in the middle of the night without notifying our allies, we snuck out of a country in the middle of the night. Leaving all of our, our American workers in our embassy, leaving our allies, leaving the people, our interpreters, those people that we had promised to take out with us behind, I never saw, thought I would see this happening. Chaos. Pure chaos. It just doesn't make sense to me, and it just seems like turmoil and madness is all that's going on. I'll tell you, when I turned that on this morning, and I was watching it on my phone, I, I suddenly felt this, this rush come over me, and I clicked it back off. And I said, you know what? This is Sunday. This is God's day. And I don't know what these people have going on in their lives, but I am going to pay no attention to it. I'm going to worship God. I need to drive over to the church, and I am not going to let this influence me. I'm not going to let it come over me. I'm not going to let it take away from the Spirit of God, chaos be gone. And I begin to open my Bible to the first page that said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In other words, it was just chaos. There was no form. There was no calmness. There was no light. There was no medi uh, meditation of temperature. There was no certain elements. There were, there were uh, on the earth that could sustain life. It was literally chaos. And then God spoke. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Genesis 1, 2 and 3. And out of the chaos of darkness, light appeared. And out of the chaos of the seas being tossed to and fro, nobody could survive on that ocean and the seas, no matter what ship they were in. But God spoke to all the seas. And he spoke to the waters on the earth. And when he did... They just calmed down and dry land appeared. Chaos. It was there at creation. And out of the chaos we find creation. It seems like this is the pattern that develops in, in and around anything that God is doing. You see, I'll explain that a little more. Piercing light coming out of the darkness. Dry land emerging out of a tossing seed. Life breathing 
from lifelessness. Reproduction happening out of the bareness. At creation, it appears that chaos actually came before anything else. When you look into the Word of God, there's the first verses of the Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form. You realize when God created it, there was a certain element of chaos that was attached to it until he began to form it into what he wanted it to be. He spoke and the earth was created. He spoke and the sun was put into its place. He spoke and the moon was put into its place. But there was chaos in the universe until the spirit began to move, until his word began to speak. When it did, order came, light came, life came, reproduction happened. All of the different creative days began to take place, one right after another. God re removed the chaos that was going on, and he placed perfect order in his place. Out of creation, we understand that order came. At creation, it appears that chaos came before anything. It appears that everything that there is on this planet today actually came out of or as a result of the chaos that was there before. You see, we don't like chaos, do we? We don't like to talk about chaos, but it would seem that chaos is the place where God does his greatest works. One minute things look really bleak. One minute things just look terrible. One minute it looks like we are about to give up and throw in the towel and just give up on everything because everywhere we look, we're seeing chaos. Every time I try to do anything, it doesn't work. Every time I try making something happen, it just seems like it falls down on me. Everybody is against me. Everybody speaks against me. Every time I try to accomplish anything, it just seems like there is just no way in this world that it's going to work. Everything has come against me. Chaos is in my life. So why should I try anymore? But realize that chaos is where God does his greatest work. One minute everything is okay, and the next minute everything is, is booming. It started this way at creation, and it ends that way in the book of Revelation. You see the pattern of from Genesis all the way to Revelation. The water coming from a rock in the wilderness, a redeemer coming as a result of a fallen world. It's a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and everybody is about to die in chaos. Excuse me. And then Jesus speaks. Peace. Be still. Lazarus is dead for four days in the tomb. And then Jesus brings him back to life. Chaos is where God performs his greatest work. I believe that God actually waits for chaos sometimes because he wants to show off his abilities and his power to demonstrate what he is capable of doing. If he shows up on my best days all the time, I wouldn't really need him. But he'll show up on my worst day to show me the difference between light and dark and oceans and dry land. From one contrast to another, he'll show me his ability and what he's capable to do in my life. Somebody said there's no reproductive production in my life. I'm not accomplishing anything spiritually. Nothing's changing in my life. 
But God will speak into that chaos and he'll bring about life and seed begetting seed after itself. He'll bring life and truth and help and hope into the situation. You see, no matter how difficult it may seem, God is always going to bring something out of the chaos in my life. Our prayers, they don't define God. Sometimes we've got problems in our life and we go to pray and we think what we're praying for defines God. I have a problem losing things. I don't know where my glasses are right now. They might be in this building. They might be on my bedstand. I don't know where my glasses are. I lose things all the time. But the Lord and I have a little something worked out. He helps me find things. Now that might sound really stupid and simple to you, but there seems there there's times I have walked all over my house and I can't find what I'm looking for. And I need to get about my father's business. So I stop, I pray, and I say, Lord, I really need to find my glasses right now because I need to get a message put together for Sunday. Can you help me? Within seconds, a moment or two, there's my glasses. I don't know if he has an angel put them there or if he just lets me slow down my thinking long enough to realize where my glasses are. You say, Pastor, that's kind of dumb, silly little thing that you prayed for. Let me tell you, I pray for a lot of other stuff too, but God is not defined by my prayers. Yes, God might help me find some things every now and then, but that's not how big my God is. He's a whole lot bigger than that. You say, I wasn't able to pay my rent this week. I wasn't able to make my house payment, so you pray. Lord, I need help with my house payment. Lord, I need help with the rent this week and this month. You might pray that way and God might help you pay your rent. He might bring a miracle that helps you make the house payment. But I want you to know something. God is not limited by your prayers. He's bigger than the rent payment. He's bigger than your house payment. He's bigger than your cancer. He's bigger than your heart condition. Bigger than the failed marriage. He's bigger than a teenager strung out on drugs. He's bigger than the problem that is in the world that the world has. He's bigger than all the chaos that is in your life, all the chaos that is in the community, all the chaos that's happening right now all around this nation and all around the world, especially Afghanistan. Our God is bigger than the chaos. Our God is greater than the chaos. Our God is stronger than the chaos, and out of the chaos, he's going to do his greatest work. Out of the chaos, the miracles is going to come. One of the things I noticed about the whole COVID thing and us not, not being able to, to come to church and us having to go live uh, with our presentations on the Internet, one of the things that just surprised me was the vast number of people who are watching our services or listening to our services. Right now, before I came to church this Sunday, I looked at our broadcast, this broadcast. We were well over 2,863. God is working. God is listening. Now, as I close this, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you till he brings you back again. Our God forms wonderful miracles out of the chaos of this world. Let him do a miracle for you, won't you? God bless you. Pastor Davenport.
bless you in the name of Jesus. God bless. Bye-bye.